Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is episode number 180 of the show. Uh, today, we are bringing back on Danny, uh, who has the trail name Oreo um, from Through Hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, Danny was first on the show in episode number 165 to kind of tell us about her journey. Um, and I think I mentioned to her, I was like, man, like it sounds like you have way more stories uh, then can be covered in one hour, which makes sense. You know, like when you hike for five months, obviously you're going to have way more stories than can be covered way more. Your experience cannot be covered in a single hour, uh, and probably can't even be covered in many, many, uh, episodes of a show. But anyway, so I'm bringing Danny back on the show today, uh, to hear more tales from the Pacific Crest Trail and, kind of have a it's just it's interesting because when we first spoke we were probably she was probably two weeks out um from finishing this amazing gigantic goal and now she's about six months out and the perspective at least for me like i i kind of get it like i understand like doing something like the pacific crest trail is so different than anything i've ever experienced you know i've never done anything or really chased a goal that has taken half of a year. You know what I mean? Um, But I have had major goals before that I've trained really, really hard for. And there is this thing like you finish it, you get it accomplished and you get the post goal blues. And for a lot of through hikers, they call it the post trail blues. And I do understand like it's something like you you did this thing you lived life one way and now you're living life a completely different way um and it's this weird adjustment period so uh danny and i talk a bit about that what she's doing now how she's like readjusting to quote unquote regular life <laughs> you know um and we talk about the call to adventure why is it important to set another goal why is it important to have something else to look forward to um so this is a super fun conversation danny's awesome uh her stories are great so please if you enjoy it go back and listen to the previous one that was number 165 of the show uh but yeah let's let's just get right into it um this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 180 with danny from the pacific crest trail enjoy guys think where we left off last time you were like yeah I have a billion more stories that hour you know it was an hour talking about a five-month journey and I was like oh you should come back on so welcome back <laughs> thank you so much for having me yeah, yeah I've got a billion more stories it's, yeah we'll see if we can <laughs> fit it all in again <laughs> yeah yeah well so we we're just kind of talking a bit about future plans which we can get into more um you know as we as we as we go on but my first question, because you were mentioning like different trails in Europe and, you know, as an American, I always think about like people go and backpack through Europe. That's like a thing that we do out here. You know, is that something like being from Europe that people do? Are they just like, hey, I'm just going to go backpack through Europe. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. So there's actually a few people that I've talked to who come from overseas and of course, we have so many countries here that are so 
easy to reach. Flights are relatively cheap. There's a really good train system that connects basically every European country. And um, you don't, oh, that, that I don't know. I know that a friend of mine, she had a visa that was valid for all European countries. So I'm not entirely sure how that works because I never really had to look into it personally because I'm from Germany, so I'm lucky enough and fortunate enough so that I can travel to all of them most of the time. But um, yeah, most people come over and they take a few weeks off or up to a month and they just you know, grab a backpack and just travel Europe. But they basically just do a city hopping, that's what I call it. So they go from connect all the big cities like Berlin, Paris, London, Rome, um, and just connect all the dots and see Europe that way. Yeah. They probably have seen more Europe than I have, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> well, so when you were talking, uh, you mentioned, you know, a possible kind of like closer to home European hike. Like, are you inventing this kind of trail yourself or is this something other people have done? Um, yeah, I just started looking into it because I really needed to... <laughs> focus on a new goal um, and I've just had a few through hikes that I really like to do so it's the CDT back with you in America or um, the TA in New Zealand but then I was thinking if I don't have enough money then what's closer to home so I started looking into a few trails and there is so there's so many trails in Europe that I didn't even know exist there is the most popular one I think which is the Camino de Santiago which is like a pilgrimage hike um, but there's a lot of people on there. So that's the kind of thing that really turned me off a little bit because, yeah, I, I really like hiking and having sections where I eventually wouldn't even see another person, you know, just the, the wilderness part of it. And I just went on Google and I looked at all the different trails that there are. And there's not a specific one that goes right through, but you could potentially just connect all the little trails and turn it into one big one. So I was thinking of connecting one that maybe even starts somewhere in Portugal and goes all the way up through Scandinavia to the North Cap. And um, I got the inspiration from, there's two on Instagram. Now my French is really bad. They're two French people. I'm just, I'm just looking them up right now. And they have been, I think for a year or even longer, um, they've been on a hike through Europe. They started south of Portugal, I think, and they're making it all the way around the Mediterranean, I think through 18 countries, and they're going to end in Turkey, I think. So I've been following them for a bit, and it just looks absolutely epic because they're doing all these like mountain trails and through the Alps, and it's amazing. Now, my French is really, really bad, but I'm going to send it to you later, but I think they're called De Pas Vélotre. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, good. Because I was trying to write it down, and then I was like, "Oh, my four years of high school French has completely failed me." I know, me too. I'm gonna send it to you later. But those guys, um, they are hiking right now, and those pictures—they look incredible. And there, it looks like the PCT or the CDT, but it's in Europe, you know. So it's much closer to home for me. Yeah. Would there be any kind of uh, like not fear necessarily, but any nervousness about? the fact that there's not a bunch of people like if it's kind of something that that like these people are making up or something that you would make up there's not going to be like the same pct kind of community on it i can't imagine is there a little bit yeah. of like trepidation because of that um i think not really because of that i think the biggest worry i would have is the languages oh yeah because going 
all these countries, you know, they all speak English, of course, but you've got Portuguese, you've got Spanish, French, Turkish, like all these countries, like Italian. <laughs> and um, and probably they all sound pretty similar and I could probably pull off learning one of them, but not all 18 or even, you know, all the countries that I would go to, that would be mad. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that would be the most challenging part and probably the part I'd be more nervous about. Because even though it's not a route that many people hike, Europe is not, there's a lot of cities and towns nearby. So, you know, there's a lot of bailout points still because European countries are really close together and towns are really close together. And it's not like in America where you have really long, long stretches with nothing in between, which I still find really amazing because <laughs> we don't really have that here. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, you'll have to keep us posted if you decide to do that. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, and then I guess even like getting up into Scandinavia, are there polar bears up there? I don't, I hope not. Because <laughs> I'm like, what, what kind of like weird, like extra kind of things do you have to prepare for when you're heading up, you know, far north, I guess? Well, I hate saying it, but I, I'm, I'm assuming there'd be snow again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you might be right. So. You know, <laughs> There'd be a lot of snow again. Um, I, I know we've got wolves. Um, there's elks. I don't know if we have mooses up there too, but yeah. I think in Scandinavia, there's just the fact that it's a lot more remote mm. than yeah. further down yeah. south. Yeah, that makes and sense. Just, yeah. Yeah, I, I still have to figure it out. That was just an idea that I had, but um, I still have to do all the investigation and just collecting all the data on it. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to focus on all the positives right now, so I'm actually doing it. Because <laughs> I'm still contemplating if I should do the CDT or the trail here. So I just have to see how much money I have eventually and then work my way up. But I'm pretty stoked, I think after all the rattlesnakes and bears and mountain lion dangers that we had on the PCT, I think I can manage yeah, <laughs> the like, dangers. I got this. I got this. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. So you mentioned the CDT or the trail in New Zealand. Can you kind of like, just based off like initial research, initial ideas, can you kind of like compare those two together? Because I know the CDT is the one that goes kind of um, – on the continental divide so it goes through colorado and montana and all that stuff um but i don't know anything well, about I, the new zealand one yeah so the new zealand one that's still i'd say a relatively new one um when i lived in new zealand i heard about it the first time and they were i think they were trying to create a trail that connects both islands so that it goes all the way north from cape ringer to buff all the way down the south island and i think we wanted to do it a bit earlier. I mean, my friend, she's from New Zealand, but um, the trail down south is pretty epic. Um, it connects incredible trails. So they've basically taken the trails that exist and connected them into one. And the South Island is absolutely stunning. But from what I've heard is that the North Island still has a lot of road walking involved in the trail, which is why we were waiting a few more years and to see how they're able to connect all the trails and I just started following a few people on Instagram too and just see what the North Island's like but um I would really love to do it but I've lived there for two years already so you know I've seen most of it so I would just really love to see something new that which is why the CD the CDT is so 
until in my mind right now, but um, the TA for sure in New Zealand, just having to or just being able to walk the entire trail in a continuous line, that would be pretty epic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so let's kind of flash back to the PCT for a second. So you're what, like five or six months removed right now? Oh God, is it that long already? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted to know that because I know people talk about the like post trail blues and stuff. And I just know for me, when I've had a major goal and I've never had a major goal that even comes close to hiking for five months, you know what I mean? But even when I've had stuff I've worked towards and worked really hard towards, there is there's this funk you go into like a couple weeks later or afterwards or for a few months even um and that's why i think like what you're talking about right now is super important because setting the next goal you know is something like i definitely like to have downtime between things you know to kind of like let it soak in and all that but i have to also eventually move on to the next thing just for my own like sanity yeah, you get this itchy feeling of you just want to go again. And especially like for me, I think the last time we talked, I was, I think I finished the trail like two weeks ago. So it was still really fresh. I was just about to move to a new city. And, you know, it was still, there was a lot of things happening, which is why I wasn't really able to focus on the thing that I've just achieved. But now that it's been a few months, it's really weird because I still have I still struggle to figure these things out a little bit, you know, being back in society, having a job where, you know, there's, I don't know, it's probably the same in every job where people have worked a long time. There's a lot of gossip and um, there's a lot of drama going on and, you know, just day-to-day lives because I think people just don't have the adventure that they can talk about. You know, you just have your day-to-day life and you have to just try to make that fun and interesting. And for me, it's it's really weird because I have this, my mind is blank, if that makes sense. So when I started the trail, there was a lot of stuff that I was thinking about, you know, a lot of stuff from the past and the future and worries and fears and all of that. But while I was hiking for five to six months, I was actually able to deal with everything that was in my head and clear that out and worry about it and, you know, talk it out with a few hikers and just let it go. So when I finished the trail, my mind was completely blank. There was nothing in there anymore that I had to worry about or that I haven't discussed with myself already, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so looking back, I just really stand back from all the drama that is going on in work, you know, at work and just the stress of a big city life where you can just see people walking past, you know, being on the bus and having this tunnel vision and just being on their phone and yeah, it's, it's really weird. I don't get involved in that. I literally just sit on the bus, look at everyone and be like, oh, hey, it's like, <laughs> no one wants to talk with you. It's just, <laughs> it's just really weird. And just trying to adjust to that, I think that's the hardest part right now because my, my mind is so free and I've healed in such a big way while I was hiking the trail that it's really hard to connect to people right now who haven't experienced that. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. What it's is, really what is words? Kind of- um, what is something like you wish just seeing like regular people, quote unquote, um, out and about, like what is one kind of lesson you wish they could understand based off of something you learned from, from the PCT? Yeah, that there's, 
I think the biggest thing is don't worry about little things. Yeah. You know, and um, if there's a problem, just talk about it. Or if there's something you don't like, change it. And um, I think also that it's okay to show emotions. You know, um, on the PCT, when I was hiking, I was going through so many emotions as they happened. Um, you laugh, you cry, you break down, you scream out of the top of your lungs because you're so frustrated. Um, you meet people, you dance, you're happy, you're smiling. And I feel like people try not to show it in the society because, you know, when someone just sits on the on the bus right now or at work or just at their home and suddenly starts crying, it's, you know, people see it as maybe even a weakness or don't want to get involved and, you know, what's wrong with him or with her or, you know, what's going on. And I just wish that people would appreciate it a bit more and be like, it's okay, you know, it's okay to have emotions because once you let it all out, you don't have it in your head anymore. And then, you know, you don't have to think about it later and find someone to talk to and just be free in your mind and your head a little bit more, I think. Yeah, there's That's a lot of like, what are people going to think about? me if even if like you said like if you show an extreme like happy emotion you know like you mm -hmm. said you're sitting on the bus if you just start like smiling like trying to talk to people and stuff they're gonna be like what is this weirdo doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know and it's it's just really sometimes i just stand there and you know be in my, my mind and just start smiling or laughing because i just had a memory flashback and you know i'm not i'm not hiding it and I think there was one time I was at work and I just like started crying. It was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. I just had a flashback. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone thought like, I don't know, something bad happened. And I was just thinking about something and it got me so emotional. And I just started crying and everyone got worried. I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I, just, I just had to let it out. Yeah. Oh man. There's yeah. Uh, so there's this famous, right <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this famous <laughs> quote by, uh, this uh basketball coach um and i always think about it and i i try to live up to his expectations though i don't every day but basically um his name's jim vivano i think i'm saying that right i'm probably messing it up basketball fans everywhere are super mad right now but um <laughs> anyways he talks about like to to live life as a human you should make sure you're laughing so hard that you're almost going to fall over once a day and that you're crying once a day because that's what life is like life is about experiencing those emotions and not like numbing yourself and it bums me out too when i'm out and about and people are just looking down at their phones all the time and i, I it's 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 weird that you, that it's uh easier to make conversation with somebody in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere than it is like in a packed bar or something like it's harder like i was at a restaurant and i was waiting for my order and everyone's looking down at their phone and i'm like trying my hardest not to be that guy you know but then there's oh. no one else to talk to <laughs> it makes me so upset it makes me so upset going to a restaurant and seeing a group of friends sitting there and everyone's on their phone i'm like oh my god just oh it, it's just i hate it just yeah. put your phone away just yeah. talk to each other you're missing everything yeah <laughs> oh yeah. i just but i have to say in the beginning i think the first two weeks i got caught in that loop a little bit too because i was on my phone a lot you know trying to just just catch up and you know see what i've missed and all of that and then i realized what i was doing and i i made it a rule that i will not look at my phone when i'm walking and when i'm out of the house and because i mean when was the last time you know you went to work and you just looked up at the sky or you know just 
observe people observing people is the greatest activity in the world you know just going out on the street and just observing everyone and looking at people and you know seeing how they live life and what's going on and yeah I just I felt like I was missing a lot in those two weeks where I fell back into that trap so I made it a rule new year's resolution happy new year by the way um <laughs> that you know that I'm not going to do that anymore and I just yeah put it away yeah you get into the flow of of just life you know but then you look down at your phone or or whatever and you get distracted and it's harder to get back in that flow and you know when you're running or hiking or or exercising or something like that like it's a lot easier just to kind of like just be in tune with that you know yeah so true and so that has to be a weird thing like coming back and there's like a billion things going on at once instead of just that one mission you have every day like i don't know for me like it feels like at times i'm being pulled in like a billion different directions yeah life on trail is so simple it is so easy you just wake up you eat you walk you eat you walk you eat and you walk some more and then you set up camp and you go to bed and sometimes you hit a town and you buy some more food <laughs> so you can continue hiking it's just i think yeah it's just i think that's why i call this trail so healing in a way because it really is so simple and you are not influenced by anything especially being back in the big city there's always noises you know there's cars um the air is not great everything is constantly blinking and making some buzzing sounds and you know it's just on trail you have just this peace of mind and you can just hike and it's just the only thing you have to worry about is where the next water source is or where you're going to set up camp or you know where you're just going to sleep that night and just the rest of the day you just you look around and you just take it all in and you know it's just this whole gratitude about just hiking in the wilderness and just appreciating where you are and what we're able to do. Yeah. Is there any way right now where you can not, obviously you don't get the same experience day to day, but is there any kind of thing that you're doing right now that kind of like brings you a little bit of that? Like, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, are you going for shorter hikes and, and how does that even compare? Cause it's hard to compare. It's really difficult because I live in the north of Germany. We don't really have any hills, mountains. Um, it's, there's a lot of parks, but I went to a few of them already, and within an hour I was out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> an hour walk. And for other people, an hour is a very long walk. And I did an hour, and I turned around, and I walked back. It was two, and I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> but I just... Um, I just went on a little trip and a little bit further down of the city where I live, there's a big green area, I'd say, and you get up to 80 meters. I'm not actually sure how high that is in feet, but it is really not high. You go uphill for 10 minutes and you reach the top and then you go back, <laughs> you go back down. But um, I think that was just really nice for me. But it's still one of those places where it doesn't matter how long you hike, you can always hear cars around you. Yeah. So it's that kind of a hike. So I kind of really miss it. So once the money comes back in, I can probably take trips, you know, up to Denmark or even Scandinavia for the weekend just to go back into that spirit of, you know, hiking in the woods because there's not much around here, unfortunately. Yeah. Is that so, you know, when you, when people become, like there are people who through hike and it seems like that's what they do. You know, that's like the thing they do, you know, forever, 
now is it because i mean it has to be addicting in those senses you know like the sense of like just peace and uh relaxation and just like a really like defined mission that has to be kind of the thing that like draws people back again and again and again yeah, I know that you guys in America, you have the triple crown. So it's the PCT, the CDT, and the AT. And I always remember people being like, no, I'm not interested in doing all three of them. I just want to do one. And then you finish one. And those are the people who eventually <laughs> do the second and the third and then even go for a fourth. It is really, really addicting. The only thing that stops all of us is the money. <laughs> yeah, It is a expensive hobby to have. <laughs> you can call it a hobby. But, um, or lifestyle probably more likely, but it's, yeah, we mo normally we do this through hike and then you have to just save your money again. And then you get that, you know, you just want to go again and then you spend that money on another through hike. And then it's, it's really addicting for me. It really is. Um, one of my trail family members, he's actually doing the AT this year and we are thinking of doing the CDT the year after. Gotcha. So he is aiming for the triple crown and we're all hooked. Um, from the people that I know, everyone has already done at least two through hikes and yeah, we're not stopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Like I, I wonder what his perspective will be because AT has to be completely different than PCT, like in certain ways. Cause PCT, like you mentioned, like you're out there, you're away from, from cars from noise from cities and the at you're just i mean it i don't know it just has to be different it'd be interesting to hear that yeah i haven't really done my research on the at that much but um from what i know is that it goes through towns on a regular basis yeah um so you don't have to carry correct me if i'm wrong anyone who's listening but you don't have to carry as much food with you as you need to on the PCT where we have stretches where you eventually have to take up to six or seven days worth of food and where you really don't see anyone. You don't cross a road besides a dirt road. And, you know, there's stretches where you just, like you said, really out there. And, you know, if you don't have a garment or somewhere to text, you're really lucky to even get reception. So, yeah, That's it's really, really out there <laughs> and i love that yeah well, well last episode we talked about like some of the adversity and the snow and so like the craziness with that um let's let's try to like since you're you know a, a few months out like what were some of the days or moments that you remember the most you know maybe not adversity but maybe those moments of like just pure joy yeah, um, there's there's so many of them. Um, the days where I felt completely happy, there's tons and tons. Um, but I think the days that I remember the most are the bad days. So the bad days or the days where I was super frustrated, um, those are the ones that stick in my mind the most because I think most of the pride that I have or that I have for overcoming it and then also because those days really made the trail because those were the days where I really wanted to quit and really wanted to just get off. But I have this thing where I say I never quit on a bad day. So I just waited until the next day and it got, and those days after were the ones that were the most joyful and happiest days on trail. And yeah, it's just, 
I think the bad days I remember the most, there was this one time in the desert where there is a McDonald's right on trail. Um, it's at Cahoon Pass. <laughs> and we the were basically... It's probably the most like used McDonald's <laughs> in all of the country, probably. If it's right on the Pacific Crest Trail, there's no way that's not like in the top 10 of like most frequented McDonald's. I know. We have our own PCT McDonald's sign. So there is a sign on trail that says turn right and there you can already see it and it's amazing. But leading up to that McDonald's, I, I don't think I've ever been more frustrated in my life. Um, we were going through the desert and it was hot and it was dusty and I couldn't see anything. And it is always up and down and switchbacks and left and right and up and over. And I, I knew that the McDonald's was going to be so close. It was within like two miles and I couldn't see it. And I kept walking and I heard cars and I heard the trucks and I could not see a road. And I, I started getting really frustrated because I'm like, I don't, I don't understand where it is. You know, you were at this really high point overlooking the entire pass and I could not see a road. And then I kept walking. The wind started to pick up and I got more and more frustrated. And then I could smell it. <laughs> I, could smell, I could smell the McDonald's. I don't know, it's the mix of fries and fat and uh, junk food. I don't know, I could smell it. There was this wind coming and I, I, oh, I still remember it. It was, oh, I know I want fries. <laughs> and I could smell it and I still couldn't either see a road, a car, I couldn't see anything. I kept walking for 20 minutes down these switchbacks and I could smell it and I could not see it. And I knew I was getting close and I was like, they're tricking me. This is a joke. <laughs> there is no, this is hallucinations. I'm just seeing and hearing things that aren't even here. And um, yeah, I kept smelling it, kept hearing the cars, couldn't see anything. And then the snail, uh, sorry, snail, <laughs> snake, <laughs> the snake trail. And I couldn't go left or right. And it was just there. And that's when I got really pissed off. That's when I was like, okay, you were joking. <laughs> I am battling the winds. I'm hungry. I just want a big soda. And now you put a snake in front of me. And oh, that was the most frustrating thing ever. How long, and I had how long did you sit there looking at the snake? Like 10 minutes. And then... <laughs> And the snake did not move, looked at me like, dude, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, the snake's like, yeah. you want McDonald's? This is on your last yeah. test. You got to go you yeah. gotta jump over me. And that's why I got so frustrated. I literally, st I was standing there for 10 minutes talking to that snake to just please move because I'm hungry. <laughs> and it didn't. It really didn't. It's those days that at that moment, I was so annoyed and so over it but those are the days that i remember the most for sure <laughs> well and they make the best stories like i'm sure when you finally got to mcdonald's or you got to camp that night and you're like you won't believe what i had to go to to get a freaking big mac <laughs> i ate so much there's this picture on instagram that i posted actually that just i got four large fries i got 40 nuggets um i think while i was there i drank i think two and a half liters of soda. It was, oh, I felt so sick afterwards, but I was just, it's like, I fought so hard to get here. I'm going to eat it all. I'm going to drink as much as I can and you have to carry me out of here. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and it makes the, the high moments, you know, like that much better, you know, like a normal, for a normal regular person in society, going to McDonald's, one, is not an adventure. <laughs> 
Two is like the easiest thing in the world. You can just drive like two blocks, like anywhere in the United States, basically, and you'd be there. But for you, like you had to earn it and it made it that much better, you know? And I normally never go there. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I don't even like it. But at that point in the desert, I, all I could think about was cold sodas and a lot of them. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So like what other, yeah, like, I mean, were there other big moments that you remember where you had to work for, like extremely hard for, and like, I just imagine like it is such a long journey and the whole idea is that you break it down into day by day and step by step, you know, but you also have to celebrate those small victories along the way. Like what kind of like small victories would you kind of like celebrate or like set your goal towards? Yeah, so for me, from the beginning, I thought that it was really impossible to hike from Mexico to Canada in one go. So right from the start, I came up with little milestones for me. So in Oregon, that was Crater Lake, that was Kennedy Meadows, the Sierra, um, Bernie Falls, little things like that that I really wanted to take in. So I was working towards those little milestones along the way. And then for me, it was every 100 mile marker. Yeah. Every 100 yeah. mile marker, I was celebrating. And my trail family kept making fun of me a little because I got so excited over every marker and I took a picture with it. And it was just, I needed that because hiking 2,650 miles is hard work. And, um, but just walking from one mile marker to the next, that was a lot easier. And um, yeah, so I always say if you have a really, really big goal, you got to split it up. You got to split it up in little sections because the big picture is really overwhelming. No, especially if you come to a town and you, you find a map and you look and you're like, oh, I've walked for four weeks and I've come such a long way. And you look at the map and you haven't even made it like, to the next big point like it's it just it's not much and you're looking at it's like two inches and you're like oh my god yeah it really hits you at that point you're like well yep i feel like i've done a lot but if you look at the map i've done nothing well, so it's just i almost think that would be like a strategy would be like don't look at a map just don't look at a map you don't want to because i remember did you ever read walk in the woods by bill bryson yeah, i love this one bill oh, so good right he's the best and once again i gotta give a shout out he's from iowa and iowa's the best state um there's no long trail through iowa though that's part of the problem um but anyways <laughs> he mentions in the book so like i think the first half of the book he's actually going from georgia and he goes all the way and he gets like halfway through Virginia and he looks at a map and he's like, oh, my God, I've gone nowhere. Like I've barely yeah. gone anywhere. And then him and his friend call, like throw the towel in and they call it quits. <laughs> yeah, it is it's really frustrating at points. But as you said, we, we shouldn't be looking at maps, but we all do. <laughs> you can't stop us. We all, if there's a map, we will go there and we will look where we are and see how far we've come, even though we know we really shouldn't. <laughs> it's like when you have a surprise somewhere for you and you want to sneak and just, you know, look what you got. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like it's when you're, when you're working and you're like, okay, in your mind, you're like, okay, it has to be two hours. Like I've had to have worked for two hours. And then you look at the clock and it's been like 10 minutes and you're like, no. <laughs> No, but I will say as a teacher, I've never had that. 
like I've, I always like don't have enough time as a teacher so yeah part of the benefits oh, of it lucky. <laughs> but I've definitely done that before where I'm like oh my god like I'm stocking like I'm putting paint on shelves in like a hardware store I remember I did that in, in uh high school and college and it just it's just like you would think that the day was already like you're almost done with work and then five minutes have gone by it was crazy yeah that was not frustrating <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yeah well so okay so let's ask this then did you know anybody who ended up throwing in the towel or calling it quits and it, like why like what reasons what factors caused people to give it up i think yeah i know a lot of people who quit um a lot of people who either quit or took up to two, three, four, five weeks off and came back. And okay. the main reason because so many people quit was the snow. Mm, that's, just, that's right. It was just the snow. Um, there was, of course, we always say before you hit the first maybe even 500 miles, you can already tell who's quitting because it's just not what they're set out to do or what they want to do, you know. There's a lot of people who want to do the trail because it sounds incredible, but then within the first 500 miles, it really sorts out between the people who just didn't realize how hard it was going to be and then decide, okay, I need to prepare more and I'm coming back another time or um, it was just enough hiking for me and I've experienced what I wanted to and now I'm leaving. But then everyone who pushed further than that, I think the main reason why those people got or left the trail was just due to snow. It was a really, really hard year to hike the PCT um, we had so much snow on trail and the conditions were really hard um, go especially the Sierra but even in North Cal um, like I, I think I said before we hiked for about a month and a half in snow almost without a break except when we got lower than 4,000 meters in our feet in elevation and um, <clears throat> it's just really tough you know um, you were post holing most of the time instead of doing your usual 25 miles a day, you hike for 16, 18 hours and you can only manage 11 mm. miles. And it's draining, you know, your shoes are always wet, your socks are always frozen. Um, it is just, and hiking in snow is like walking on sand. It's a lot harder than just walking on a regular trail because you, know, you have to pull your feet up and you've got the weight on your back and in those sections too you have to carry a lot more food for me for example i ate a lot more in the snow section than i did in a non-snow section because i needed a lot more energy which meant i needed a lot more food <laughs> so that gets harder and then the water sources that we knew were in specific areas they were covered in snow so even the water sources weren't reliable anymore and we had to melt snow or really dig holes or stop every few minutes to try to listen for water drops from snow melt somewhere and it was it's just really hard and it puts a lot of pressure on your mind because you know that you're not doing any miles and it it's just a drag at times when you know you set up camp on a dry patch and then the next morning you wake up and everything's snow covered again and it's just mentally really really difficult yeah. which i think the reason why a few people that I know have left the trail because it is just mentally really hard and draining. Yeah. When I know top from talking before you said you stuck with a group pretty much yeah. through that whole 
uh, moment. Do you think if you would have been by yourself, like the internal talk, internal chatter, like negative moments? Because, you know, if you're with somebody, if one person's in a positive mood, they can lift the whole group up. You know, and you kind of switch the role like, you you know, uh, someone's positive at all times, but, you know, it's not always you, (laughs) you know, do you think if you would have been by yourself, that would have been too overwhelming? Um, For me, I, I would say probably yes, because I also have a fear of heights. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So you have these really steep slopes where you know, you look down and it just drops as like a 90 degree. It just goes straight down and ice and snow and all these traverses. So if I would have been by myself I pro- and had more time on my visa too, I probably would have made it by myself because I had time to, you know, wait certain situations out or even take a little bit of time off and wait for the snow or wait for a group. I think I would have definitely not entered the Sierra without a group at that point. Um, and even the snow sections, I think I, I didn't even want to go in that position of going it alone. Yeah. I would have just waited for someone and see if they had the same plan and wanted to go in because it's just at that point being in the snow, being alone, you have to have a lot of experience, I think. Um, and even if you don't, that's fine. But I just think going in with at least another person, it's just a safety issue, I think. Um, especially with the conditions and the storms hitting and all the blizzards that we had. And all of that is just safer with someone that knows where exactly you are and could help if something happens. Yeah. Was there any moment where you and your group had the discussion of like, we're in way, way over our heads at this point? Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. When we went out of, or we wanted to go into Edna, there was this one section of trail where we heard from a lot of people and everyone had skipped it because it was really sketchy because it was apparently um, a snow covered ridge and you, you know, it was just really, it looked really dangerous from what we've heard from people and everyone had road walked this section and um, we got rained on that night and completely were completely soaked and had to just first dry everything out. That's when we already had a discussion of if we should even go out because going out to snow with wet gear is really dangerous because you, you're not going to be able to dry or be warm if yeah. something happens or you have shelter. But we did decide to go in, and as soon as the sun came out, we stopped for two hours, we dried everything, and we continued walking. And we got to the pass or um, the sections where we knew that was the tricky one, and we sat down for lunch, and we just looked at the situation. We went in and just really looked at the picture and looked at and discussed what options we have and um, went through a plan A, B, and C. So it was either going over the ridge, traversing the side of the mountain, or going down and going back up again. And then we took pictures, we zoomed in, we really tried to figure out what the snow was like because it was already on an overhang, so you could tell that it could eventually collapse, you know, if there's an interruption in the snow. And um, we just looked at each other, and I said... That was the first time I really said that I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Like it doesn't look good because if one of us slips and falls, we fall onto the rock face. Like there's nothing that will stop us and we will literally just fall down and there's just rocks, nothing to catch us, no trees, no nothing. And the plan B would have been 
to go down and go back up, but then we knew this already looks bad. What are the other mountains are going to look like? Yeah. So the next like traverses we have to do, and if this is already looking bad, the other ones are not going to look any better, especially if no one's had gone through yet. And then we decided to go up to the junction and just look on the other side because we knew there was going to be a trail. It's a different trail that was leading down to a dirt road. And with that dirt road, we were going to be able to go back into town. And um, we just sat there. And I know safety meetings are something different on the PCT, but we had a, <laughs> a safety meeting. And we just decided that it was not that we were not comfortable with it. And no one wanted to take that responsibility. So we went to the junction and we bailed out at that point and went back into town. Yeah, that's what I mean. That has to be the wisest move. But it's also it's hard to make that decision. So props to you guys, because when you expend the amount of energy it takes to even get to the pass and then to look Mm -hmm. at it and to really like take some time to consider it, you're kind of in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, we've already we've already used all this energy to get up here. Like maybe we should just go for it. But, you know, ultimately you got to do what's safe because, you know, if you make one major mistake, it might be the last mistake you make. And it almost seems overly dramatic to say that, but it's happened to people and it's, it's terrifying. So props to you guys for that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We, I always said it's, I think the strongest hiker that I know are the ones that are also, able to say no if the situation is too sketchy. And for us, that definitely was really sketchy. And, um, you know, it was getting really slushy at that point too. We made it to that point at around lunchtime. So, you know, the sun was hitting it already and it was not frozen. I think if we would have gotten there in the morning, it would have been a whole different discussion. But we still, you know, I wasn't comfortable with it because you also have me scared of heights and I was getting better at that point. But that's also a factor that I had to consider because I'm also not as fast as those guys. Um, they always waited for me, which is incredible. And I give them, you know, big props to that because when we went into the snow section, I told them from the beginning that if they want to have me in the group or we're doing this together, then they have to slow down for me yeah. because I'm not yeah. going to be able to catch up with them. Um, so they had to just slow down and they always waited and they, we always stuck together and it was amazing. There was a really, really incredible trail family I had. And once I said that I wasn't comfortable with the section and the other guys were like, okay, I've got to be honest with you, neither am I. <laughs> and then, uh, we kind of just bailed out, but we still walked it. So we still made up the miles, but yeah, we definitely bailed. Yeah. Do you think like this? whole experience has taught you how to communicate better because when we first started talking today you mentioned that you wish people could just like communicate their needs you know in in regular life uh as easily as it as you can on the trail yeah for sure um there was actually my my first bad day on trail was because of that um i had met a couple of people and we met in town and they were incredible. We were all hiking out. We got a hitch out of town together and we started hiking. And I really, they were just a little bit faster than I was. And I really wanted to catch up to them. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and then I lost them. And I was so desperately trying to catch up with those guys because I wanted to camp with them that I had a mental breakdown at one point and just, I, because I couldn't walk anymore. My feet were hurting. My knees were hurting because I pushed way too hard trying to catch up with those guys. And I just at one point just decided to call it quits and 
to just find a campsite at that point. And, you know, when one bad thing happens, everything else doesn't really go that well. So my tent collapsed a few times because it was really windy. The pizza that I carried out from town fell out of my Ziploc bag. You know, it's just all these little things that just kept adding up. And I think um, that moment, the next day I woke up and I felt a lot better. But that was the time or the moment that I realized I can't hike as fast as everyone else I have to as they say hike my own hike I have to really put my foot down when it's too fast or too slow and I just don't have to worry about it you know if I want to hike with them then that's fine but they we have to adjust or I just let them go and I just hike my own thing and I think that's when I realized that I have to say that you know what bothers me or that it's not that it's too fast that I can't catch up and that I want to have a break or whatever and I just continued hiking alone after that and you know it was just I really liked it it was really really freeing to have to come to that conclusion of being like you can't just be as fast as everyone else everyone has their own speed everyone has their own way of hiking but I I think I had to learn that lesson to just push so hard to catch up with people that at one point I was like okay you just gotta just forget about the others this is your hike this is your experience this is your adventure and that was still in the desert, so there was no snow. There wasn't really anything dangerous, so I just did my own thing, and I'm really glad I did. And after that, I started communicating a lot more about, you know, this is what I want my experience to be like, and yeah. this is how I want to yeah. hike, and this is what I imagined the trail to be like. And I certainly didn't want it to be like just tagging along behind people, you know, following their trail goals. I wanted this to be my experience, so that's when I learned that. Yeah. In what ways did the trail meet your expectation? And then in what ways did it surprise you? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I'm not too sure that I had too many expectations before. I expected the desert to be flat for sure, which it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. But um, apart from that, I just, I think I just went in with an open mind, but I was really surprised. I think it, it was a lot better than I imagined it to be. Not just the people, which we touched on last time, just the whole community of the trail, but also just so much that I've learned about myself and just so much that I was able to heal through this trail, you know, and how much faith I had. You know, you just follow this little piece of dirt trail, which is like three foot wide, and you just trust that this trail leads you to your goal. All you have to do is follow it. And it's really interesting when we had that moment once where we went off trail for a little bit and we came back. And as soon as you put your foot back on the PCT, it felt like home. And that that was a really weird feeling that I really can't put into words. You know, just that feeling of you're safe, um, that you're home and that it's just the feeling of faith and that you know that the trail takes care of you, that the trail will, will eventually lead you to Canada if you just follow it and yeah the trail has taught me so so much and I think that's what really surprised me yeah is there is there an an analogy in that whole follow the trail and just have faith that it'll bring you to your goal is there an analogy that you bring that over into you know regular everyday life you know like when you wake up and you're like okay I'm going to go to work today. I might not want to go to work today, 
but I'm going to have faith that if I do this and I just keep doing this over and over again, eventually I will get to where I want to be. Yeah, I, I kind of learned that before, um, uh, right after the trail. I think before, you know, when people say you just have to trust in the journey and trust that things happen for a reason, I always thought, yeah, that's <laughs> just what people say. <laughs> you know, well, you know, sometimes bad things happen and you're, like, you're thinking, how could this be part of the journey? Why, why do I need to go through this? But I think on trail, you go through your ups and downs and you literally, it's, it's such a good metaphor for life because you climb so many mountains along the way and you overcome all these challenges and you have your bad days and your your great days, but it's like you have Mexico and you have Canada and everything happens in between, but eventually it doesn't matter how bad your day is or how good your day is, you keep walking and you keep moving towards your goal. So Canada is at the finish line. So you know you're going to end up there if you just keep doing what you do and just keep walking. Yeah. Do you think like it's just it's such a defined goal? Like, hey, I'm going to get to Canada. That's like such a defined kind of simplistic goal there. And then you get into life and it's just sloppy and there's like a billion different things happening at once. Um, do you think yeah. it's important for people like actually go in and write down like, hey, like be really specific about their goals. Like, Hey, in six months, I want this to be happening. And, you know, and do you do that? Or is that just something you kind of like keep in the back of your mind? No, it's definitely something I do. Um, and I really think that everyone should have goals. Um, I read this thing once that said that older people live longer if they have a goal. Because if you have a goal in mind, you have something to look forward to. And I feel like happiness is something to look forward to. It's something that motivates you. It's a goal that gets you up in the morning. It's a goal that makes you smile during the day. It's a goal that makes you, you know, work through all the bad stuff. So if you have a goal and you need to save money, for example, and you have a job and your job is so stressful and you have to deal with maybe customers who don't appreciate you or who are just being mean and you can just take that a lot better because in your head you're like, yeah, that's fine. Keep yelling at me, but I'll get paid for it. You're paying for my dream right now. Just keep yelling. I don't care. <laughs> Eventually I'll still get paid. Eventually I'll still do. And I have my goal and I'm working towards it. You're not going to make a big influence on that. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's just really, really important to have a goal because a goal is what gets you up in the morning. It doesn't have to be, a grand, you know, adventure or through hike, but it's just a little thing, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, work towards a family or have a family trip or, you know, just have that birthday next week. Or it, it can be little things, but just something that makes you excited to get up in the morning, something that makes you smile when you think about it. Yeah. And the, something that makes the little things that can do for some reason derail some people's days. Um, it just kind of puts those into perspective where you're like, those are the little things, you know, I started sending my coworkers, uh, the shrugging emoji. It's like, well, I don't know. And <laughs> so basically, like, I'm like, Hey, if something goes wrong, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I can handle it. It'll be fine. You know, kind of one of those things. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. Like I 100% agree. Um, is there any other like thing that you definitely want to share for the podcast like as we kind of like wrap things up or or like an inspiration or something you learned from somebody or just really anything do you got anything else 
Um, I think if anyone's thinking about doing a through hike or like any grand adventure, I would definitely do it. It's going to change your life in such an amazing way. And it will teach you so much about like just yourself and everyone else. And for me, inspiration wise, I just saw this, um, film today from one of the girls who did the PCT last year too. And she basically said, it's all about the people life. It doesn't matter if it's an adventure or a hike or something, it's all about the people. So you know, that's just something really, really inspiring that I took from the trail too, is um, it's all about the people. You know, it's the people who make the trip. It's the laughter and the tears that you share together and all the difficult moments you have, but you're battling them together. And yeah, it's just, it's so inspiring having this community and not even on trail, but in real life too. It's all about the people you surround yourself with and that lift you up and inspire you and, you know, just push you to do, be the better person or the better version of yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Well, Danny, where can we like follow your uh, adventures and your journey? And I'm super pumped for whatever future trails you have, you have planned. And we'll definitely have you back on uh, to hear some of those adventures. That would be amazing. Yeah, now I have to work for a new goal. Um, I don't really have, <laughs> I don't really have that many sources where I'm on. I'm mainly just on Instagram. Okay. Um, I don't have Facebook, but Instagram I do, and it's um, my trail name, so it's Oreo underscore on underscore the underscore road. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> because everything else would be way too easy. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's... so that's my main source of yeah, that's just inspiring. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll definitely, like I said, we'll have you back on. Hopefully, um, you know, you you get those goals. But even like go out and explore the trails, you know, the local trails near you, you know. And it's just funny being from America because I'm like, whoa, if someone was like, hey, you could go to Germany and go hiking. I'd be like, what? That'd be amazing, you know. You should definitely come over. <laughs> I'll find a good trail. Yeah, sometime. Sometime. Me and my wife are actually going to Iceland this summer, which would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Iceland. Have you been? Yeah, for two weeks. It's incredible. That's oh, I need, to, okay, I need to write you down a list or something. This is going to be so epic. <laughs> awesome. Oh, awesome. Alrighty, that wraps up the show for this week. Huge thanks to Danny. Um, always fun to talk with you. Always fun to hear the stories from uh, from any through hikers. I love it. Like, I mean, a through hike. I, I've said it before, but it's the epitome of an adventure. Um, and I, I just really enjoy kind of hearing all the ups and downs and <laughs> the battles that you go through. Sometimes with a snake to get to. A McDonald's, which I feel like only a real true through hiker can probably appreciate the uh, <laughs> the emotional ups and downs that that went into that story. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, thank you for coming on. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention and kind of talk about a little bit is I think the Pacific Crest Trail, the AT, the CDT in the United States these capture our imaginations. Um, and I think the thing that is difficult with the post-trail blues, and this is co coming from someone who hasn't ever through-hiked uh, anything major, so keep that in mind. But I think the difficult part of it is you had this such an obvious defined goal for months and months and months. 
and also you kind of like adjusted your life to meet this goal and then all of a sudden that defined goal is over um and you have to kind of then then the goals of every day are much more confusing and sloppy and there's a billion like things pulling you a billion different ways uh rather than this one thing where that you are just marching towards um and it's difficult it is totally difficult so i can definitely sympathize there um and i can also kind of it's interesting talking to danny there's there's this fine line this balance that you have when you finish one of these uh, when you finish something that you worked so incredibly hard for, um, there's this fine line of relaxing and celebrating that victory. And then there's also the let's move on to the next thing and really strive towards it and work towards it. Um, and I do think you should respect the first part. I think you should celebrate it. I think you should take some time to relax and really think about what you are doing next. Uh, nothing drives me more crazy than when I see, I'm a big sports fan. So when I see some sort of sports team win the championship, like I'm thinking back a few years ago, Alabama won the college football national championship, right? And that night they interviewed the head coach and without a smile on his face, he just said, Yep, we're uh, we're focused on next year. We're thinking about what we're gonna do next. And I'm like, what, dude? You just won the national championship, man. You gotta celebrate. Like, what are you doing? Uh, like, give yourself a night, if not more, you know, to really celebrate. And and I think that's so important. But eventually, you do have to set the next goal. You do have to kind of like find the next thing that you want to accomplish. Uh, because that's going to give you like, just like Danny said, and she said it perfectly. So I, I'm not going to say it as perfectly probably, but it's going to give you something to give, to give you purpose, to give you drive, to give you motivation. Um, and whatever that goal may be, maybe it's like a giant epic adventure like Danny's, or maybe it's something that's not as, you know, time consuming, but also it's important. Just find something that is, uh, meaningful to you and and it'll help you kind of you know have purpose have meaning throughout the day and all that stuff so uh really for me personally like it just brings me happiness so um so yeah i'm in the middle of it i'm i'm training for that 100k in iowa the boonville backroads um it's definitely giving me an extra kick in the butt uh, with training. So it's definitely giving me something, you know, special to, uh, to really think about and giving my, at least my exercise purpose right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. Danny, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, if you guys are listening out there still, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you guys. Um, we have some amazing, incredible shows coming up. Uh, but if you're new to the podcast, we also have some incredible shows, uh, in our podcast library. And I gotta say guys, 180 episodes. I'm really, really proud of this little passion project that I've put together. Um, and 
I would highly, highly suggest going back, checking some of those out. We have adventures of all sorts um, with really, really cool, really awesome people. So, uh, yeah, thank you for checking those out. We'll get back at you next week. See ya.